Behind every song is a voice, and every voice is a story. The journeys behind the voices brings life to the music that shapes each of us. Welcome to Behind the Tunes. I am your host, Austin Black. Together, we will explore those journeys, the journeys behind the artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Our guest today is Tori Harper. Our providential moment changed the course of her life. A well-known songwriter took a chance on a 12-year-old Tori and the encouragement she finds from writing on a mirror. This is Behind the Tunes. Harper of ToriHarper.com. Tori, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. For sure. Now, i got to start with this question here. Do you still write scripture all over your mirror? I do, actually. Yeah. I had a, I had a short time where I was trying to keep my mirror clean, <laughs> uh, but then I, I had to go back to it. It's really a lifeline for me. Is it something you add to, like weekly daily just periodically um it just depends on what i feel like god is saying to me right now um you know uh it's so it can change weekly but sometimes i'll leave one of them up for like a month or so what led you to want to get a clean mirror just so you could see better yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, my mom was getting a bit frustrated because she was getting worried that the marker might be permanent. Um, luckily, it was not. Um, but uh, yeah, and also it was it was kind of tricky to see there for a minute because I had like I had like four verses on there at one point, um, so it was kind of hard to see. But yeah, um, then I realized, you know. It's something that is more important than a clean mirror or all all of that. So I hear you. I hear you. I read that. And I was like, well, that's really fascinating. So I need to know, like, does she still do it? How covered is this mirror? So that's so many questions about the mirror. <laughs> so you're in Franklin. Yeah. Franklin is home for you. Did you were you born and raised in Franklin? I was born and raised in Franklin. Actually, a few years ago. I actually moved to Nashville, but I was born and raised in Franklin. I still go there all the time. And yeah, I love it. I'm a Franklin kid for sure. So did that, you know, there's a lot of music obviously in Nashville and in Franklin. Did that really, were you around that a lot growing up? Was that something you stepped into later? What was that journey like for you just kind of stepping into music? So I think it was probably a pretty good mixture. I feel like I wasn't, like overloaded with music um like i think some people might think that there's just musicians everywhere which there there are but it's not like you turn a corner and there's five musicians um just busking on the sidewalk but um i did i did see a lot of music i was around a lot of music um and i did love music as a kid um but i didn't really take it on as something I wanted to do until I was about 11. Um, yeah, but growing up, I was still, I was still pretty creative, still pretty like, 
I, I did dance for a while, so I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do like performing kind of stuff. So, yeah. So it's 11 years old, you decide, you know, this is something I want to pursue. So what, what did that journey begin like for you? Like, did you just kind of, did you pick up an instrument at that point? Were you already singing? Did you begin to write somewhere through there? What did the jumping off point look like when you said, all right, this is something I think I want to pursue as a dream? Well, um, it's kind of funny. I, so I was 11, and as uh, I feel like a lot of parents of 11-year-olds do, my parents were sending me to all these different summer camps and, um, you know, trying to, trying to fill that up. And one of those camps ended up being a songwriting camp. And it was just uh, – it wasn't this big official thing. It was just um, this local songwriter – who went to my church, just had a few kids come over to her friend's basement. And she just taught us about um, the basics of songwriting and um, just taught us how to journal and um, had some really awesome special worship moments as well. And um, I realized that I really loved it. Um, Mm. It just was so satisfying and, um, yeah, it just really helped me process my life. And so that's kind of where I started. And um, I just kind of kept writing after that. So, yeah, that that kind of started that for me. I want to build on that a little bit more. Um, I was just some reading beforehand, and, and there's a story about you where you really, really were just beginning to question the whole existence of God completely. Um, mm. and how you saw him in other people's lives, but you just kind of came to a place where you said, yeah, he's in other people's lives, but like, I don't think he's doing anything in my life. And in, in, in what you said here, would thought would be your last Sunday at church, lady leans over to you and says, um, that, that, that God sees you now, mm. now building, guess you're, you're, you're into music by that point. You're, you're writing. It's a passion of yours. There's this struggle. And you said you, you, you write really is an outlet. You know, did that just catapult you in that moment, that season to come out of that darkness? Did that catapult your, your songwriting, your pursuit in a, in a, in a, in a different way? Did it, it really ignite the mm. passion further? What, what came out of that season right there for you musically? Yeah. So I think it's really funny. I feel like God is always taking us in this kind of spiral journey where like you kind of come around again to the same issues, but, but it's on a different level. So when I um, was in high school and I saw all the struggles my friends were going through and how music had impacted them, had impacted me, that's when I started to understand the impact of music and I knew I wanted to help people with it. But you're right. I, uh, I as I got a bit older, um, I went through just some rough times and um, had just kind of been living for myself, but still blaming God for my problems. Mm. Um, and I got to a really low point, um, like you were saying, and, had kind of given up on God, thought I thought he didn't care about me at all. And and I is so crazy because I specifically I called out to God one day and I said, "Do you do you even see me? Do you even care?" Um, cuz I was so upset and so angry. 
And then that day at church when I was like, I don't think I'm coming back. Like I was just so burdened by everything. And then a lady at church, like you said, she leaned over in the middle of worship and said, um, I just really feel like God wants you to know that he sees you. And that rocked my world, man. Like to think that I had been not even like nice to God. I hadn't, I was, I was straight up rude to God and he still, he still wanted me. He still wanted me to know that he cared and he cared about the specific things I cared about. And after that, yeah, it really did kind of catapult me into this new passion for serving God and making music and showing people um, that he does care. Yeah. Just kind of, trying to show people through music what I'd found. Did, did the lady know you? Did y'all know each other? Um, so she was actually on the pastoral team, mm-hmm. and I had kind of bumped into her once or twice, but we didn't know each other really well at all. She didn't know what I was going through or anything. Um, so it really was just like it felt like this insane (laughs) kind of prophetic God moment that I don't know if she saw it as that way, but, um, but to me, it it totally changed everything. So, and I do know her a lot better now. Um, but at the time, um, I just kind of knew of her. So, yeah, when I was reading that, it's got goosebumps, you know, because, it, you know, it's, it's such a reminder for even like all of us to hear these stories because you hear things like that. Mm. And just again, it's just a reminder of, of who God is and, 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 and how he works in our lives. In that same um, kind of season to a degree, you said you, you really began to see how God sees you. Um, mm. And in that when you write, you try to replace lies with truth. So when you're writing a song, is that is is that a fight sometimes? You know, to kind of uh, of here's how I'm feeling. Oh, yeah. You know, what's that process like for you to work these songs out? I'm so glad you asked that. Yeah, each song is like, I mean, some of them come easier, but uh, each song is a wrestle, man. Like I don't just write random things that I'm like, oh, this sounds like it would be a good song. Um, I I really do try and write. Uh, it's kind of like a code of mine to just write things that I've experienced. I never want to write something that I haven't because I don't even know if that would be true or not. So, you know, um, like with my new song, The Wreck, uh, when I first started writing that, I did not have that new chorus where I changed those lyrics to say, like, you're with me, God. At first I was just sitting in the uncomfortableness and, like asking God, where are you right now? And um, and then eventually as God kind of just came around with this, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but like a spiritual hug, I guess. Um, I just, you know, it was almost like God whispered to me, like, I'm, I'm with you. And that was just kind of the peace I needed in that moment. And so, yeah, these songs are not always just straightforward. Um, you know, sometimes I'll take my idea to some friends and we'll work on that together. Um, but all of these songs are extremely personal to me. Again, we're here with 
Tori Harper. Um, is it a challenge because you're writing from real life experience, which means you're trying to write from a really honest place, mm. um, and honesty is really vulnerable. Um, do you do mm. you struggle with that ever? Is is it hard to be like I don't want to if I write this, I'm I'm just burying my soul in some ways. So that, is that ever a struggle, or is it such a freedom for you that you just can cut it loose and 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 let it go? I would say definitely both um, because it, it starts out where like if I write a song, sometimes I just don't want to show anybody mm. at all. <laughs> I'm like, no, you cannot see this song. I don't want you to know what I'm going through right now. <laughs> um, and that part is really scary. Um, but then once it's kind of had time to like, Dimmer and like really, really, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but once it's had time to sort of marinate in my soul, then I am excited to share it with people. And I am like, it does feel like a release. Um, and it is, is kind of really good to get it out there. It's really fascinating just to listen to you talk about that because it's, it's, it is almost this, Okay, here's a song I don't want to share, and and then I get to a place where I can, and I, I guess it's it's just on the journey of God working in you until He gets you to this place mm. of peace. What a fascinating thing, just to kind of hear it brought out that way. And I remember when, when I used yeah. to when I was kind of writing and, and all that stuff, that it would the, the songs I always felt like were the best were the ones that almost grew up over time. You know, like they they mm. changed a little bit. And uh, as yeah. I listen to you talk, that's that's just kind of what. I hear. Uh, again, we're here with Tori Harper. Uh, Tori, was, is there somebody looking back on your musical journey um, that really poured into you that that gave you a boost along the way? Um, I would say I had just a lot of people who were just so amazing and willing to um, pour into me as a songwriter. Number one, my dad, um, he's just been the most amazing supporter and um, just believed in me uh, the whole way, and my mom as well. Um, and also um, just some really awesome writers like Cindy Morgan. Um, she was one of my first co-writes, and... Um, I cannot, I still to this day, I'm like shaking my head at why she chose to write songs with a 12-year-old. Um, but I'm so glad that she did because I feel like I wouldn't be the writer I am today if she hadn't taken a chance on me. Um, and then also probably Molly Grayson. Um and she's she's a fantastic writer, and uh, we wrote a lot when I first started writing, and she really inspired me, and um, yeah, I'm so grateful for all the people that have poured into my journey as a songwriter. I want to go back to Cindy Morgan for a minute, and just kind of a funny side note, you know, <laughs> Cindy Morgan was actually the first concert I ever went to. 
uh, growing Whoa. up. Isn't that funny? No way. And you're the second that's, person. That's crazy. Yeah, you're the second person uh, on this show that's brought up Cindy Morgan. Uh, um, John Mays, who's A&R for Centricity Records, um, he brought up Cindy Morgan as one of the first artists he ever signed. And so I told him the same uh, thing. Yeah, yeah she, was the, she was the first concert I ever went wow. to uh, back in the day. And, and she, people, she, her transformation has been fascinating from what she was, mm. even when she's been out to this, this, this kind of singer songwriter person, she's an unbelievable songwriter. What's it like for a 12 year old to, to walk into <laughs> a room with someone who's accomplished a lot of things musically and to, to write with them? Is that intimidating? Oh yeah. I mean, at first I was, I was really scared out of my mind. I was like, I don't know these people. Like my songs are probably terrible compared to theirs. Like, what are they going to think? Am I going to do some weird thing that you're not supposed to do? Like all of these thoughts, you know, running through your mind. But Cindy's just such a lovely, encouraging person that um, I didn't really stay that way for long. Um, Now she will... She will, you know, tell you if an idea is not a good one, um, but she does it in a very gracious and lovely way, and she just puts you at ease. And so, yeah, really awesome, awesome lady. We want to take this opportunity to share Tori's song, The Wreck, off of her newest EP entitled Selah. Then stick around for more behind the tunes as we discuss the importance of community, embarrassing onstage moments, and a throwback favorite cartoon. But for now, enjoy The Wreck by Tori Harper. I've made a mess of things And broke my own heart What's left of me Is wounded and scarred And less of things when leave such a mark, but I believe there's hope in the dark. Ooh, 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 ooh.
Harper. Tori, do you remember the first album you ever bought? Oh, see, that one's tricky because um, I had a lot of albums that my dad bought for me. Okay. So um, I was like listening and inspired to music before that. Um, the first album I bought myself with my own money was probably... <laughs> Honestly, it's it's a little embarrassing, but probably Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Taylor Swift. I went through a massive Taylor Swift phase when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what young girl hasn't? So <laughs> more than fair. Well, I was going to ask you, yeah. So Taylor Swift's the first one. So you said, all right, Dad's buying me stuff. You're asking him for him. What what were some albums growing up where you're like, hey, Dad, buy me this right here. Ooh, um, ooh, okay. So there were a few I asked for and a few that he just gave me. Okay. Um, and, and all of them were, were really great. Um, so the ones I asked for would have been, um, would have been Brooke Frazier and, um, I think I did ask for Stephen Curtis Chapman actually now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. Um and that that one was that one was quite an influence on me. Um and um also Coldplay. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So who who are some of these influences? You said Stephen Curtis Chapman was influenced for you. Who were some other influences I guess musically growing up? Yeah. Um well, uh, definitely Brooke Frazier was a major influence for me. Um, and also Sarah Groves. Mm. Um, that was one of the albums that my dad just kind of gave me. <laughs> <laughs> and and I loved it. I loved how she just had this kind of conversational storytelling, um, like, songs. I, I loved that. And... Um, yeah, so those were the main ones. I 
Oh, yeah. Also, um, I don't know if you remember, but um, Joy Williams, who's now in the Civil Wars, Mm -hmm. um, she had a Christian career for a bit, and her album Genesis was also pretty influential to me. Um, Yeah. You know, when I was listening to you, that's who came to mind for me, was Joy Williams. Really? Yeah. That's who came to mind. Wow. Isn't that funny? And uh, and there there were a couple of things because I, I was I was watching some stuff and listening to some different things and I was like she just really reminds me of Joy Williams, and, um, so and I think funny. it's I think it's because you both have you both have these you have big voices but you have really like these almost silky smooth voices it's not fair like what you guys have is not fair Aww. because you, you have you. <laughs> you have these these really strong voices but yet they're just really smooth and so yeah that's who that's so funny when you mentioned that I was like oh that's exactly what I thought whenever I was uh whenever I was listening to everything kind of watching some, some things leading up to the video or to, mm-hmm. to the interview today so you did well if that's someone you kind of modeled after growing up um all right so you got a show here all right We're gonna, you're gonna play a show and you can open up for anybody, dead right. or alive. Dead oh or alive. boy! Who do you choose? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, that's so tricky because you don't want to open for someone so amazing <laughs> that, like, you just can't. You can't. You can't. I mean, obviously, you definitely couldn't follow it up. But like, I feel like there's some people. You just people are just gonna be underwhelmed because they're they're coming for uh, somebody amazing, you know. Like I don't know, um, that's such a large question too. Like there's so many really amazing artists. Um, let me I ask, guess. Let me ask it this way. Let me ask it this way. From a from a you get to hang out with them at the show mm-hmm. mindset. Okay. Who would it be? Jeez. Okay. Well, man. Okay. I'll just say, okay. So I've, I've kind of over the past couple of years, I thought it would be really fun to open for, um, uh, dang it. Um, Ben Rector. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I like his storytelling and, um, I yeah, I think that would be that would be fun. Um, but like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I I love people, so that's such a tough question because I would just want to hang out with everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean to an- to answer your question, yeah, that's something I've thought about. I think that would be fun. Have you always been a people person? Um. Yes and no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have, I went through phases, um, probably in like high school where I just got really shy and really, um, I, I went through depression. So, um, during that time in my life, I was probably less of a people person, Hmm. um, but I, I've always loved people. I haven't always been confident in approaching people, yeah. but I, I do love people. Yeah. I, I read a quote by you. You said, I thought this was great. You said, God created us for community. God himself is community. 
he's three and one is part of his nature is part of our DNA. And so when you said, you know, you love people, have, have you, especially maybe coming on that time when you look back and you did battle some depression there, have you been purposeful about building community around you to, to make sure that you stayed connected? Um, yeah, well, I, I certainly have, um, been trying to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I did go through a time where I had a really good, solid community, and I do think that it's so important, and I'm always trying to better that and always trying to um, increase that and continually reminding myself that it's not on the other people <laughs> to do that. I, I need to go out there and and actually serve and love on people. Um, but yeah, I kind of, um, I had a really solid community for a while after that. And then um, being kind of, I, I, I don't know, we haven't really talked about this yet, but with the new EP, um, kind of a lot of that inspiration was based around this really toxic relationship that I had. Um, and when I was in that, I was very removed and isolated from a lot of that community. So, um, since, since then, the, the past year, I've been just kind of working on trying to rebuild some of that, trying to get some of that back, make some, maybe some new community. Um, but yeah, community, so important. You mentioned your new EP that's out and, and writing it out of just a really difficult season and a changing season. Uh, it's called Stay La. Is that is is that even the title? Just you just kind of breathing out and finding a place of rest um, within. Like listening to the EP, it, it shows just your 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 struggle even in the moment, but also just you mm-hmm. running to God um, mm-hmm. and finding that rest in Him. Is is this EP? Is that coming from? just that heart of finally finding rest from what was a toxic time? Definitely. Yeah, that is, you, you said that so perfectly. Um, yeah, I called, I called it Selah because, um, as, as we know, like, um, the meaning is kind of sort of unknown, but most people, um, have pegged it as the musical term for rest you find it in the Psalms in between the stanzas and yeah. Um, and as a singer, that also means for me to breathe because when you're resting in between the stanzas, you're breathing. So for me, that was finally breathing, finally resting and also just learning what God's rest is, letting him breathe onto me. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's about. Do you have a favorite song to play live off the new EP? Ooh. Um, well, I haven't gotten much chance to play right. them live <laughs> um, yet, but um, man, The Rest was the one that I first started to play live, and I think that one is my favorite because um it kind of sums up a lot of what all of them are about. And I, I am hoping that 
um, the message of it is a little bit more relatable for people than maybe some of the other ones. So I like to hear people's stories um, when they have heard it and um, hear how it's affected them. Um, so, yeah, and I have, I have played that one live a few times and, and it's actually a few of them, but, um, yeah. Yeah. The wreck it, to me, I think you said it perfectly there. It kind of sums up the whole rest of the EP, um, because it's, it's the, it's the struggle. Yeah. That mm. moment where you, where you found, you know, that peace again and, and that purpose, mm. even within the difficulty, uh, again, we're here with Tori Harper. Playing playing live music is is like no other, but there's always goofy things that happen. Do you have a most mm. embarrassing on stage moment? Oh my gosh, um, there's been a few. Right. Um, yeah. Um, the most frequent thing that is the most noticeable to the crowd is when my tracks malfunction. Mm -hmm. Um, and normally they only malfunction when I'm actually playing the show, not like before the show or (laughs) it's only when I'm like in the middle of the show and it's like, and everything is flowing. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, Hey guys, the music isn't on right now, but let's talk about something I didn't plan to talk about. Um, but normally God kind of uses those interruptions to kind of speak to people, which is really cool because I could never think of something like that. But, Mm. um, but yeah, um, the most, uh, the other common thing that I, I feel like is embarrassing, but I don't think people really notice is that, um, for some reason, when I get really into it, I end up hitting my teeth on the microphone a lot. Um, and, uh, and thank goodness, I don't think people really notice, but, um, that one, I do feel really awkward about when it happens. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Like, uh, but yeah, that actually happens more frequently than you would think. Love it. Again, she's Tori Harper. Tori, you've been fantastic today. I love to end with a little bit of rapid fire. You ready for this? All right. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Text, <laughs> texting or calling? Oh, um, ooh. It depends on the situation. Um, probably texting, but I, but I do like to call people. Okay, because you're a people person. That's what y'all do. You call the rest mm. of us that are just, we're just trying to hide in our caves. Um, <laughs> favorite holiday? Ooh, um, Thanksgiving. Okay. What's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving? Um, being with my family and all the amazing smells. And also it's in fall and I really like fall and everything just feels just nice. I don't know. Are Something you a, nice about it. Are you a traditional Thanksgiving food person? Let's carve up the turkey. Let's get some stuffing, etc. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, as much as I can think that I am. I mean, my whole family is from New Zealand. And so I'm not sure exactly how traditional we are, but I would say we're pretty traditional with it. And um, yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't think of anything that we do that's like super non-traditional. So. All right. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh. ooh, um, 
strawberry. Name one of the seven dwarfs. Name one of what? The seven dwarfs. Oh, the seven dwarfs. Um, the only thing that's coming to mind is grumpy, but um, sleepy. That's fair. Sleepy, that's another one. All right. Climb a mountain or jump from an airplane? Mm, climb a mountain. What type of milk do you drink? Oh, um, I drink almond milk because I'm lactose intolerant. Amen. I'm, I, I'll tell that story later. What color is your toothbrush? <laughs> it is gray. In the movie about your life, what actor would play you? Who plays Tori Harper? Who plays me? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't know, like, a ton of actors and actresses, um, but, I mean, I kind of like Emma Stone. She's kind of fun and um, a little bit, like, I think she pulls off kind of a little bit of the awkward, quirky thing that I have going sometimes. So, I guess, I guess Emma Stone. All right. Time machine for one day. You have a time machine for one day. Oh. What? Where do you go? When and where? Oh my gosh! Um, a time machine for one day. Ooh, you know, I think I'd go to like the 1920s to like a big city mm -hmm. and see all the people in their neat outfits, and that'd be cool. All right. Favorite cartoon growing up? Tom and Jerry. Oh. Chocolate or caramel? Chocolate. Do you sing in the shower? No, but I think a lot in the shower. Okay. <laughs> something you hate that everyone else loves? Uh, something I hate that everyone else loves. Um, I I gotta confess, this one this one's tough. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure uh I'm going to go with kale. Kale. I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people like it. Uh, it's really healthy. Some people think it's really delicious. I don't like it. I'm with you. I'm not interested. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Mm -hmm. um, Tangled. All right. You're in the circus. Last one. Would you rather be the person with their head in the lion's mouth or the person shot out of a cannon? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess the person shot out of the cannon. <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. She's Tori Harper. <laughs> Tori, you've been great today. Thank you so much for hanging out. Oh, thanks for having me. For sure. And we'll catch you down the road real soon. Good luck with EP and playing again. And it's fantastic. I love the EP and uh, I can't wait to listen to it more. And we'll catch you soon. You've been listening to Behind the Tunes with Austin Black, produced by Grayson Rucker. You can reach the show at BehindTheTunes at gmail.com. A special thanks to our sponsors, Visible Music College and Madison Line Records. Be sure to tune in next time as we explore the stories behind the tunes with more of your favorite artists. <laughs>